Welcome back to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Borak, and we are at episode three. We've been drinking beers, we've been hitting tennis balls, and we've been breaking serves and hearts. In this episode, I bring on my friend who played juniors with Novak Djokovic and Viktor Troitsky, and later on went to play for an American University Division I tennis. If you haven't followed me on Instagram at Tipsy Tennis Podcast, please do. And please let me introduce you to this week's guest, Nenat Radakovic. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I bring to you the guest, the biggest bitch in tennis I know, a small guy who doesn't know how to fight, Stefano C- R- uh, Nenat Radakovic. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you, um, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A tradition mm-hmm. to start off the podcast. Uh-huh. We're going to shotgun, so shotgun some beers. Oh, yeah. When's, well, the, when's the last time you did a shotgun? Do you know what that is? Uh, actually, it was the last time I was in college, I would say. I guess I have no choice, man. How do you say, uh, how do you say, uh, cheers in Serbian? It's uh, Zivoli. 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 Wow. Nice. Woo! get the energy going all right so this was good you're a tennis player obviously yes. that's why you're here mm-hmm. serbian tennis player grew mm-hmm. up in serbia correct uh how'd you get started playing tennis <clears throat> i actually saw a commercial on the tv uh, my father told me when i was five years old um, that the tv was on and uh, one of the famous tennis players back in the day, Slobodan Živinović. He was uh, very Slobodan Živinović, or his nickname was Boba Živinović. He was okay. a very good uh, doubles player. So he was opening academy in Belgrade, and they had this commercial on the TV. And my dad told told me when I saw a commercial that I went crazy about. Um, you saw it yeah, about tennis, and you know he thought that it's gonna stop after a few days, but supposedly I was very persistent with it, and then he decided to. Uh, uh, bring me to that place and um, that's where I started playing tennis and this was like when I was I would say five years old. How old are you now? 30 I'm 35 now. 35? How old's yes. Djokovic? Djokovic is 30, I think same age, 35 as well. 35? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've played with him, right? Yes, as yes, junior? actually as a matter of fact I know I, I met his uh, his coach as well, uh, uh, Jelena Gencic. Uh, she was a wonderful lady, mm. very, very, very strict. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away, I would say, a few years ago. Uh, very strict lady, and she was all about technique, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she would go all, to all the tournaments with him because since we were the same age, uh, I would see him uh, uh, at almost every tournament. But the funny story was, like, uh, I will never forget. Uh, he, I would say that he started playing tournament with, tournaments when he was around seven, eight years old before uh, or maybe a little bit older but before that i never seen him in my life right i never played against him mm-hmm. and i was seated number one at this at this at this tournament that uh, we were, where i was playing and in the first round this small kid shows up at the, at the, <laughs> at the, uh, to play against me and i was like you know first round nobody nobody knew this kid you know usually when we were kids we would go to others hey did you play against him mm-hmm. what he, what is his bad spot etc cetera, etc cetera. but nobody knew this kid right and mm-hmm. he was super small very skinny and i was very big for my age and I thought, like, you know, this is going to be a piece of cake, but he kicked my ass. Really? I will never forget. Yeah, yes. And so that's the first time I played against him, destroyed me. 
and uh, I played multiple times against him after that. And um, all in juniors. All in juniors. Unfortunately, I, I lost every time. Uh, but he was <laughs> he was really 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 good even when he was he was he was young. So I mean, you're joining the club on that one. Yeah, 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 as you know, as you know. Yeah. Uh, what what other tennis players you? I know you you uh, you're friends with Troitsky. Yeah, I used to Victor. I used to practice with Troitsky uh, back in the day together at the same tennis club. We used to hang out for like many years, travel together. Um, his father used to know my father, and we would travel to the tournaments together as well. Mm -hmm. His father was a legend, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah, but Victor is he's a great guy. He's a great guy. You know. He didn't have a such good technique like like Novak, but he's he had such a good head, and you know even if he would be down, I don't know, six three four zero, the guy would not stop. He would just keep playing all the way to the end. And as a child, I remember he would just, you know, so many matches that you would think that he lost, he would just somehow pull pull, pull up and like you know, end up winning. And my father used to always critique me like you know. Every time you're losing, if you lose the first set, that's it, you're done. The second set, you get destroyed. But look at Victor, he's like, anyway, interesting story. Um, what, what, what was the culture like in, um, in Serbia? Because I, I feel like you're 35, Troitsky's a little bit 35, Tipsarevic, yeah. he just retired. A little bit, little bit older, Tipsarevic is, I believe, 38, 39. Was mm -hmm. there like a boom during that time? Uh, not really, not really. Kids used to play tennis, but not that much, not even close how much they play right now, because you have to remember, I, I, I was born in 1986, and you know, when I started playing tournament this was like 1992 1993 a huge inflation um, we went through the all the wars in ex Yugoslavia so the economy mm -hmm. in economy was doing really really bad right and um, and tennis is expensive sport as as you mm -hmm. know and back in the day we used to have a German marks um, that we would use back in Serbia aside from the from our uh, 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 currency. Know, currency, correct. Uh, and the rackets used to be 200 marks, which is like one racket, which is equivalent to 200 euros, I would say, or 200 dollars right now. Yeah. 20 years ago, 30 years, almost 30 years ago. Wow. So not many kids, obviously, but still decent amount. And what's really interesting, most of my generation, and, and maybe a few years younger, a few years older, most of, them, most of them went pretty much to college. Obviously, first they tried professionally, and then they went to college, to the U.S. What is it? What's the what's the transition like for like European or out of, out of country players getting recruited to colleges in the U.S. Because you had to, you probably had a ranking. You said you're top thirty in juniors, men's, and yes, I mean you know you have to uh, first you know you have to have a decent ranking, and uh, then uh, you have to uh, send a video of you practicing and mm -hmm. playing matches. And then the coaches evaluate the way you play, mm -hmm. and also they want to. Um, you have to pass certain exams. Uh, SAT is here, mm -hmm. and for uh, um, also for Europeans, uh, TEFL, uh, which is also like a, a, a English exam that uh, you have to have pretty good results in order to get to college. But you you you, you played at a good school, Hofstra. Hofstra, in, yes, in Hampstead, right? Uh, Long Island, yeah, Hampstead, <laughs> correct. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a pretty good school. Mm -hmm. um, they had a decent uh, a tennis team, 
uh, most of us were international. A few guys from Serbia. We had a guy from Korea, a few Americans. Um, a Polish guy? We had a Polish, famous Polish guy. Uh, yeah, we, I'm sure we're going to talk about him uh, 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 later. And uh, um, who else? Um, and th we had a guy from Norway as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very international group. Uh, so, Do you think that there should be rules that govern how many international players you're allowed to bring into university? Huh, that's very interesting. I mean, depends. I was... I mean, depends how you look at it. Uh, uh, yes and no. Um, you know, if you look at the, let's say English soccer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, most of the like, uh, most of the soccer players are international soccer players. So, so you can look this from the t from two perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. Number one is you're bringing such a good players from uh, from like you know foreign countries, and with these international players, the players from the country where they're playing will be able to you know play with them practice with them and improve even more right mm -hmm. so this is one uh, 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 aspect and the other aspect is like oh you're bringing so many international guys the English to anymore? the team you know there are no rooms for 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 us right so it depends how you look at it uh, in my opinion um, you know I work for, I, I work I used to I work for a big corporation now and I used to work for, for other corporations before uh, you know you have to you have to diversify your your, your tennis team your school as well mm -hmm. uh, and I think the more international you bring it's 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 better and again it's a fair game uh, you can always apply if you if you think you're better than the other guy uh, you can always ask to play you can you know uh, sh show results and then that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. If there's one rule you could change about tennis, mm -hmm. what would it be? Uh, college tennis or professional tennis? Um, let's do professional tennis. I would say, uh, I would like in college, if you hit the serve and you hit the net, mm -hmm. you play. You're supposed to play. Now it does, they changed it recently. Yeah, so like I will do the less. same thing in, 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 in professional. So you think they should, they should play less? Yes, they should, correct. You're trying to hit this ball 100 miles an hour mm -hmm. over the net and still have a drop in. So naturally the ball is going to be much closer to the net versus like you're rallying, you could have like a ton of, um, a ton of space between mm -hmm. the net. And so, you know, you're, you're naturally going to get, you're going to be hitting the net a little bit more on your serve mm -hmm. rather than everything else. But I, I see why it makes sense to play play the let because if you hit a forehand, tips the net and goes over, you play the point. It's your, yeah. If the guy doesn't get it, it's your point. Yeah. Same thing. And it can be double-sided. You see, you see sometimes like the ball <coughs> hits the net and like jumps up. And then that's just like a ball waiting for the other guy. Yeah, but all yeah. the times it hits it, yeah, it rolls but, over. But most of the time they just like... It know, just rolls yeah. over. And I would say the other rule that I would definitely think about changing, I'm not 100%, is um, I would not play uh, advantage. So when you get no to ads. deuce, no ads, when you get to deuce, whoever wins the point, that's it. So I, they, they also do that. They switched that out for ten, for college tennis as well. Oh, they did? Within the last maybe five years. All the schools? Yep. Really? Yep. There is no advantage? No ads. Oh, I didn't know No that. ads, and they play less. This is wow. what They changed both of those rules in the same season. Few, wow. few, I'd say maybe like, yeah, like five years ago. Um, the only thing that made me... So they did it, so it's a, it's a little bit quicker. It's the matches quicker, aren't yes, as long. Yes, yes. If, if I'm a player and I'm playing in this... Uh, in the in this format, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go to the gym a lot less. I'm not gonna go as much because fitness is not as important because the matches are 
like capped to how long they could be. Mm -hmm. And so the extra hours I'm not spending in the gym, I'm going to be spending, you know, working on my serve. Because Mm -hmm. then that becomes much more important. You know, you get to add and, you know, working this kind of stuff in. Well, uh, in my opinion... It favors the, big servers rather than uh, people who, who, who grind it out a little more, you know? Yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah, I agree, I agree. But also, like, um, I think that what's very important is, like, you know how you have um, profesh- uh, college soccer player, college football players, college basketball players, they have a decent chance to go to play professionally after college. Mm-hmm. Tennis is not so so great when it comes to this uh, except maybe you know a few schools uh, so the reason why uh, I just said this is if you wanna although you have small chances to become a professional mm-hmm. it's very important to have same rules in college and uh, 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 in the professional tournaments because mm-hmm. let's hypothetically uh, let's take top 10 players that will go pro after college or during college you know, they're coming from one rule. Uh, net is not a big thing, right? That's like a small thing. You can adjust to that. But not play. But now playing advantage versus not playing advantage, that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. I mean, you, you look at, like, basketball, for example. In college basketball, they play two halves rather than four quarters. That's true, you're right. You're seeing a lot more, especially out of the Americans, and you actually see in, in some other country, in some other nation, nationality of players that they play in college and then they transition to pro. Like uh, mm-hmm. Mackenzie McDonald mm-hmm. was a great uh, yeah. college player. Um, he won uh, the Isner, Blake. Then there's this German guy Kopfer was mm-hmm. in it. I think Brooksby was it. Stevie Johnson. And what is interesting and and I never really considered this before, where like the the path for a professional tennis player is like. You play juniors, you build a ranking, and then you slowly break into like the high. You try to break into the higher tournaments from there, mm-hmm. where <clears throat> it makes sense. You don't hit you don't hit your your prime as like an athlete until like twenty five to like twenty eight years old. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to put so much pressure on these you know, like young guys that are eighteen years old, it's like you go pro, you're not. It's the make it or break it. It makes a lot of sense to go to college for four years, play there, because you also have the facilities. You have a coach. Maybe he's not your personal coach, but you have a coach. You have a mm-hmm. team. You have a regimen to be going to the gym. You have the facilities. Mm-hmm. And this is something that all of the colleges are playing are paying for. And then it's like it's a, it's a ton of tennis. I, I didn't play varsity tennis. I mean, you did. My brother did. And the, the general idea of it was tennis, 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 mm-hmm. and then school. Yeah, like you're playing every single day, and if you're not playing every single day, you're in the gym, yeah. all, all these other days. You do that for four years. I feel like that's a formula to start making more pros. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good structure. Right. Well, unfortunately, a college tennis is not even close to the level of professional tennis. No. And I would, you know, um, I don't know if you can really change it. Um, if it's really possible, because you, it's again individual sport, you really have to be good in so many aspects you know it's not like you know you have one d- bad day then the others will you know you know cover there's you no tapping like out exactly so uh, but this this would be really interesting if uh, schools or i don't know whoever would be in charge would like you know work on this and maybe help uh, college players um, you know have better chances to transition to uh, mm-hmm. a professional world mm-hmm.
tennis professional world. Of well, uh, how many countries have you played in? You've been traveling tournaments? Yeah. I would say around 15. 15? Yeah, yeah. Mostly around Serbia, Western Europe, uh, uh, US, and uh, once in Tunisia, mm. uh, in Africa, and, uh, and Egypt as well. And Egypt. So, yeah. What uh? What's your what's your favorite thing about traveling for tournaments? What's your most so uh, so favorite? Definitely uh, is like you know you're seeing different cultures, different players, uh, different clubs, uh, different atmosphere. It's exciting, uh, but what used to be very like uh, uh, difficult is you know you get there at night, you play in the morning, you have like not enough time between the matches. And you know um, you travel so much, and obviously you don't have so much money to go there and stay. I don't know three days to arrive three days before the tournament, and you know it was expensive. So you literally arrive the morning of the tournament or the night before. So mm -hmm. you know just adjusting the time difference and you know to the the, the surface right away. It's, it's it's it used to be quite tough. What's the craziest thing you've seen traveling? Craziest thing seeing traveling. Uh, definitely a parent and, and a kid uh, mm -hmm. arguing, getting into the argument and a kid leaving the match in the middle of the argument. In the middle of the match? Yes, yes, yes. They would, you know, yell at their kids, you know, and scream at them if they would, like, you, you know, lose the point or lose the match. And you, it wasn't, it was actually very often that you would see, like, a, a father and the son screaming at each other from, like, him being on the tennis court and the father being in the crowds. So, like, you know, at one moment, I've seen it, like, many times, the kid would just, like, leave the rackets and just, uh, and just go. And another thing is, like, uh, in one of the tournaments when I was junior, uh, one of the guys that I know, obviously, I'm not going to mention his name, he just took out all his rackets uh, from, the, from the bag and just broke them all. Oh, he lost the match, yeah. So you, you, you played tennis in college with Rocketman. Yes, tell yes, us, correct. Tell us a little bit about uh, this teammate. He's, He's got a few nicknames. What are, what, are, what are his other nicknames? Uh, uh, Master of Disaster. <laughs> Master. <laughs> Titanic. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, veggie Stick. Ve <laughs> <laughs> veggie Stick, yeah. Uh, Mr. Pizza. Um, and the, 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 the newest one is, is a Rocketman. And yeah. Because uh, I know. Rocket Rocketman is a, is is a character. This is the guy that you. He would really... be perfect for the podcast. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He, he would kill it. Like you know, Rocketman <laughs> is the best guy ever. He's so much fun. Like this guy, really. Like you know, unfortunately has no manners, but like in a way, it's just so funny because everything comes. Like, you know, you see things that he does that you've never seen in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I would, I'd, I'll tell you a few funny stories. One of them was, like, we were traveling somewhere, I don't know which college was it, and playing against them. And he won against this kid who barely knew how to hold a racket. And he won 6-0, 6-0. Mm -hmm. And he and his parents were watching the match. So he went to the net to shake his hands with this kid. And he shook his hand and he said, oh, this was the worst match I ever <laughs> played in my life in front of his parents. And oh he was 6-0-6-0. I mean, it's like uh, he was really practicing hard. You know, when he's focused, he could beat anyone. But when he's out, he's completely out. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have an interesting question for you. Let's say, yeah. hypothetically, two people say yes to interview with you, but you have to choose one. Tsitsipas 
or curious? Curious. Who would you choose? Curious. With, curious okay. Without it. Okay. That's not even a question. Okay, just like remember. Just remember the you remember the interview. Curious was like. Uh, Do I know you from the bar? You were from at the pub last night. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I did see this. This was funny. That's, this was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. I I like the idea because like I know few guys who are really traveling on the tour and they're interviewing uh, tennis players. They're talking the way they're practicing technique. Uh, you know what. The, how they're improving, etc., etc. But nobody really does something like this. But uh, on that note, I think now is a good time to wrap it up. Good. On uh, on the count of three, I point at the camera and say, "Stay tipsy." <laughs> Let's go again. One more time. One, two, three. Stay, Stay tipsy. tipsy. Oh man, you killed me, <laughs> fuck. <laughs>